Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Previously on Chaotic Normal, the Scrubwatch of the crew returned to their ship with the dread pirate ship the Nasher and its captain, the dreaded half-dragon Lascalar, at the Sturge's heels. After explaining their way out of killing the first mate, the Scrubwatch made their way into the galley for some much-needed rest. They played a friendly game of five fingers in which Phil Collins managed to lose one of his own, but he was luckily tended to by the capable doctor Hackshaw Calvay. We find the Scrubwatch now, resting and mingling with the rest of the crew. But will the crew's rest continue uninterrupted? Or will the Nasher fall upon the Sturge and interrupt what would otherwise be a calm, potentious night? Let us find out on Chaotic Normal, the Shattered Isles. In the galley of the Sturge, um, you have just completed a short rest, uh, despite the defingering. Uh, you've completed a short rest, and as long as you don't do more than an hour of strenuous activity like hard work or uh, combat or something like that, for the next eight hours or seven hours, you'll have completed a long rest as well. So you'll get all your hit points back and your spell slots back, which is pretty cool. Uh, and you might need that considering the Nasher is still fast approaching. You reckon, uh, you because it's on the horizon, but now way more visible by the naked eye, that you have uh, somewhere within the next 8 to 12 hours before the Nasher catches up with the Sturge, if it manages to catch up with the Sturge. The Sturge is a lighter boat, uh, and unlike the Nasher, which is... Well, the Nasher is a larger boat than the Sturge, but the Nasher, and the Nasher is three-masted where the Sturge is only two, uh, the Nasher has the burden of two gun decks, um, and I think it's 20 cannons total uh, across those gun decks, along with all of the uh, powder and ammo or and cannonballs that are needed to use those guns. In fact, prominently, some of those guns are a pair of long nines mounted on the uh, forecastle that are able to shoot a ship from quite the distance away. Um, however, the or compared to that, the Sturge has one mangonel so like a catapult mounted on the uh on the 
quarter deck, uh, and then it has one ballista mounted on the forecastle. It has no cannons. It has no uh, cartridges. No like ammo stores. There's like no powder stores or uh, cannonballs. Um, in fact, its whole gun deck has been replaced with an orlock uh, deck, so meant for rowing, because the Sturge's main weapon is stealth, uh, surprise strikes, and the lance-like uh, ram at its front. So if you were to get into combat with the Nasher, the Sturge is going to lose that fight. Um, but the Sturge is supposed to be faster than the Nasher, and should be at least more nimble than the Nasher. So it's possible you will escape without getting caught. And in fact, uh, that's the kind of prevailing air aboard the ship, is that you are going to... Like, some people are thinking, oh god, the Nasher's going to catch us, we're all going to die. Uh, while others are like, ah, the Sturge, it'll, out, it'll outpace and outmaneuver any old pirate ship. Those orcs can't work the quality of rigging we do. While others say, oh god, when they get us, I hear she uh, offers or lets the orcs eat the uh, people uh, that they capture. Someone else acknowledges they hear that... Uh, that the Nasher's crew are all devout uh, worshippers of the storm and that they make human sacrifices to the storm god to ensure the winds blow them harder than anyone else. Uh, others say that's poppycock and that Captain Larisrod surely got a plan to get you out of this. And so with that kind of mentality, the ship is split and you've already seen a few people coming into the uh, galley while you're all sitting there and Phil is nursing his finger and you're finishing up whatever like hot soup or whatever you were been offered. Uh, how do you all kind of feel? Just like as the start of this kind of rest, where do you all sit in terms of having confidence in Captain Laristrad's ability to outmaneuver the Nasher versus the potential, the potential horror that is being caught and uh, devoured or sacrificed to the Storm God by the crew of the Nasher? Um, personally, I've never found his methods of trying to outpace someone that um that good i i feel like there's <laughs> better ways to go about things <laughs> much more turtley methods that would be that's more in a, line with your uh that's so in character you get inspiration <laughs> uh, so i i can't imagine this is the first time something like this has happened um like the, the kind of shit that this captain pulls. I mean, I feel like we're we're probably almost constantly in a state of sprinting away from some danger. Yeah, it's Either... worth noting on the in the thirty days that you've been aboard the boat, you have not been in a pursuit, save for the occasional Imperial patrol that you dodged pretty quick. There's never been a dedicated uh, chase like this, but you've only yeah. been aboard for a little over thirty. Since I'm pretty new to piracy too, my nerves are kind of on ed- on like on edge right now. And I want to, um, while we're in the galley, talk to Hacksaw to use his medical authority to give everyone extra grog rations. All right, so uh, Jul- or so Zellner, you're going to try and follow up with uh, Hacksaw on them. We'll circle to that in a second, but I want to hear from everyone else. Jules, uh, it sounds like you have confidence in Larisrod's ability. Oh, <laughs> I guess, no, not so much. <laughs> We've gotten out of, uh, you know, we've gotten by the the patrols and all that, but um, I am, I'm not a big fan of this captain, and I'm 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 kind of like anxious because I'm like this is not how my story ends, you know, dying at the bottom of some 
second rate pirate ship fleeing from other pirates. Like this is not how Jules goes out. All right. And uh, what about uh, Phil? How do you feel about uh, Larastrad? I know you've been saying a bunch about wanting to make sure there's no mutiny. So how do you feel about Larastrad's uh, confidence in, or how confident are you in Larastrad's ability to outmaneuver? You know, <clears throat> I was saying before we started, I Phil's not very wise. I think that if he says he can do it, I think he Phil thinks he can do it. But at the same time, I think that with the smuggler's code kind of idea that uh, I would always have like some sort of contingency plan, whether that involves the rest of the party, I'm not sure. But I think that that would be like the next thing I'm kind of doing as I like am able to troll the deck, you know, just try and do a couple things that, you know, if we're fucked uh, would help me get away or something like that. I don't know. All right, so it sounds like you're not trying to, like, mutiny him, but you are, like, willing to uh, set up a contingency mutiny. Yeah, I'm yeah. that, too. All right, uh, and then what about you, uh, Celeste? I am not confident at all in the captain, <laughs> but that being said, I am confident in at least my fades. And yeah, what are your collectively are fades. I don't like your mocking tone over there. You and your stupid loot over there. Yeah. Not yeah, helping man. us at all. And interrupting me. <laughs> I was genuinely curious. Yeah, but really, can you read one of the cards for us? It always makes me feel a little bit better. Well, I would like to remind, and I also just drew a new card. So first reminder is I did draw the beggar, which is the turn of fortune, and I have full confidence that that's still going to happen. Despite giving up our treasure to the captain, I don't know why we did that. Um, by we, I mean someone in particular. And also, um, I just drew the thief card, and I think that could have a good turn of fortune. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, all right. Uh, so Celeste, not confident and already pr- plotting to steal treasure from the uh, captain. Okay. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. You are not going down with the ship, and nor is the treasure. Uh, and then, what about you, Rubert? How confident are you in Captain Laristrad's ability? Oh, not in the slightest. Uh, he is untrustworthy, <laughs> uh, not befitting the name of a pirate. But I am confident in the crew, and I think whether. The, the captain uh, does not a ship make. The ship is made by its crew. And I think with or without the captain, I think the ship will survive. All right. So what I'm hearing overall here is it sounds like none of you have confidence in Captain Larastrad's <laughs> ability to uh, get you out of this. Um, and I'm... Are you all... You all just had a near-death experience on board and all lo- or on land and lost your treasure and nearly got abandoned there. And you all got yelled at and then given this short uh, break. Um, were you all willing to share those thoughts aloud to each other or are those like secret private thoughts you wouldn't tell anyone? I'd tell the people while we were rowing back to the, uh, to the boat. I can't believe what we just went through. I, this is not what I signed up for. Wait, on our way rowing back from the islands? Yeah. Even though it was a majority decision to go back, despite the fact we knew the captain was shit. 
No, no. Um, all of the goblins attacking us. And mm. okay. Sorry for clarity, though. I meant uh, your uh, clear dislike for uh, or uh, lack of confidence in Laristrad. Is that a thing you, any of you would be willing to share with each other, or do you keep your near mutinous thoughts to yourself? I sure hope Laristrad knows what he's doing. He's got I'll this. It's fine. Like got under my under my breath. <laughs> As I'm wincing, I would say he's got this, but I would secure other plans. All right, and then uh, Jules, Celeste, and Rubert, do you hide your near mutinous thoughts, or are you willing to discuss that with these comrades? Oh, of course, I, I spill the beans all the time. <laughs> I think I'm holding it to myself a little more, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not like advocating for the captain. I'm more just kind of like gotten a little more quiet and brooding about like this is not how things are supposed to be going okay. I don't say it directly but I say it in other ways so that way it can't be used against me yeah I'm like Rubert will be kind of uh, like double speaking about his mutinous efforts like he doesn't want someone to just overhear and be like hey you guys talking about a fucking mutiny over there <laughs> are, are we doing it yeah I, I mean when the iron's hot okay no I, I totally understand there's great people on both sides of the ship <laughs> sorry cool uh, alright so rooms, that- though this gives a good understanding of where your characters are at, which I wanted to to figure out, um, and like to understand where you're at in regards to Captain Laristrad in specific, uh, particular. Uh, so now you have seven hours, which again, if you don't uh, do any more than uh, an hour's worth of strenuous activity, that might be working, that might be fighting, whatever. If you don't do more than that amount of time doing strenuous activity uh, for the next seven hours, you get to ben- the benefits of a long rest, even if you don't sleep. Um, But that doesn't mean you have to sleep. And in fact, it's reasonable if your characters aren't able to sleep. None of you have confidence that Laristrad can get you away from the Nasher. And that pirate ship full of orcs and minotaurs and other monstrous creatures is bearing down on you. So it'd be hard for anyone to sleep. Um, So instead of sleeping, how do you all pass this time? I I wanted to talk to Zelner, and you were going to talk to Hacksaw, and you threw that out first. Well, um, at this point, you see that Hacksaw actually has already returned to his uh, quarters, or not his quarters, but kind of his uh, infirmary below deck. So you could head off to talk to him if you'd like. All right, so uh, let's deal with that. Uh, So Zelner, you head down to uh, the infirmary, which is down beneath the uh, uh, galley. So you head out down into one of the ore decks, and uh, then... It, taking a narrow passage through the ship down, short flight of steps just on the bilge deck and or just above the uh, kind of the bilge hold, whatever that's called on a ship. Uh, you start heading down the narrow corridor to the infirmary. Um, you've probably been in there a couple times so far, just especially with your size, you get hurt on this boat. Um, not your size, but like your bulkiness. Um, you're getting the ship isn't meant to accommodate you. So as you start heading down there, though, you can hear voices uh, within, as it seems like there's a bit of an argument going on within. First, you hear the or the you hear the first voice saying, uh, uh, "You hear the first voice saying, 
God damn it, Larry! Oh, God damn it, Hacksaw! I need it. it, it just, just one small amount. And then you hear uh, Hacksaw's voice saying back, "No, I can't give you more. I, I, we need your wits on the edge, right? Or on like on peak right now. I can't be doling them with more." And then the first voice comes back and says, "The stress is too much. You know what we're planning." If I show, if I start trembling out there on deck, do you know what the rest of the crew or the crew will think? I need to look confident, Hacksaw. I'm your captain. I demand you give me uh, more of that tincture. Then you hear Hacksaw following back with, "I'm the doctor, and your welfare is as important to me uh, as any other crewman. On this, you can't uh, give me orders, Captain. I won't give you more tincture." You just need to get control of yourself in a normal way. We need your wits about you. Then you hear the captain grumbling and say, You'll you'll be keel hauled for this, Hacksaw. You'll see. You'll see. And Hacksaw kind of says, It won't happen. You need me too much. The door <laughs> opens and you see Captain Laristrad uh standing there in the infirmary. Uh Zell, while you heard this conversation going on, would you have tried to hide, or are you just standing <laughs> in the hallway as Captain Larisrod opens the door? I feel like I have probably a reputation of being maybe a little spacey, so I'm just going to kind of look off to the side while I'm walking that way as if I didn't notice. All right, I need a, a charisma deception check on this. <laughs> Both things I'm sure Zellnern is great at. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, not not so much, but uh, we'll see. Oh, right. Oh, right. Real dice. You throw real dice. Wow. Five. Oh, no. <laughs> um, Larisrod, uh, you can tell that he can tell that you heard everything. <laughs> And he stops uh, in front of you, and his odor is just terrible. And he looks at you and says, Get out of my way, scrub watch. Um, yes, sir. Uh, and then kind of uh, turns, and you realize he doesn't even notice you from earlier. Even though you're the only turtle aboard the ship, he doesn't recognize that he gave you orders to row earlier, or that you <laughs> helped him steal this treasure off the island. Um you be nothing. I, I, try to, I try to get small against the wall, but with my shell, I really can cannot take up less than half of the space in this hallway. <laughs> no matter what I do. Uh very annoyed. Laristrad shuffles past you. Uh and you can see his evil or his, his angry, angry look in his eyes. Uh and then you step into the uh quarters of uh, Haxar, the infirmary that they were Haxar is busy trying to looks like he's putting a cabinet back together um, and you see that there's like a uh, vial sitting on the table like a tincture and uh, it, like Haxar's putting the stopper back into it uh, he stops and he looks and says oh oh, I didn't see you there huh? and he kind of puts the tincture back in and puts it back away in the medicine cabinet you see he looks a little thrown off and like uncomfortable uh and then asks your name it was uh sorry it was zell zell Nurn, yes uh, you're what can i do for you worth a shell right yes shell shell nerd no, no okay close enough <laughs> what can i do for you huh i i don't know about you but i was feeling pretty nervous with the 
impending doom. <laughs> I was hoping to ask you to use your authority to grant everyone here a little more grog for the impending doom. <laughs> uh, he kind of smiles and he folds his big arms and kind of almost laughs and he says, <laughs> you're not the first one to come to me looking for something to take the edge off. Uh, yes, I heard that with the captain. I honestly think this would help that because everyone won't notice his uncomfortableness if they're a little more comfortable themselves. Uh, you see Hacksaw kind of smiles and he says, <laughs> you've, got quite the, uh, you've got quite the clever mind there, huh? You must study people a lot to be able to get that. You must be very insightful. I am. <laughs> uh, he kind of says, huh, well, I, uh, I think I could try and make some leniency on this. You know, the crew could use another ration, but uh, honestly, the, uh, the issue is Crab Claw's been given control over it. Apparently, she's been given pretty strict orders. The cook, Crab Claw, has been uh, given some pretty strict orders by Captain Laristrad about what to be given to the crew. Business as usual, apparently. He rolls his eyes at that, clearly upset about uh, the crew being given business-as-usual treatment as you're being bared down on by the Nasher. I mean, um, I thought you had authority for matters of medical necessity. How much easier is it to take shrapnel out of crewmates when they've had a little more grog? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you make a persuasion to see if uh, you get uh, Hacksada. I'm going to use my inspiration as well. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> he really wants that grog. Uh, this was a, a uh, charisma persuasion, yeah. Persuasion. Oh, that's not very good. Ten. Minus uh, one. <laughs> Because uh, because Hacksaw is friendly to you, he smiles and uh, shakes his head and he says, <laughs> you're persistent. <sighs> you know, tell you what, I'll talk to, uh, I'll talk to Crab Claws and uh, actually, why don't you talk to Crab Claws for me? Tell her I said it's a medical prescription. <laughs> he laughs at that. An extra grog ration for everyone. Uh, oh. Tell her I said it. Uh, and he kind of takes and grabs a script of pa- like a like a piece of paper or something off his desk and scribbles on it, hands it to you, and says, "She doesn't know how to read, but she'll trust that that's from me." <laughs> Excellent. Um, so you've been tasked with telling the uh, telling Crab Claws, the cook, ship's cook, that uh, you can uh, that everyone on board gets an extra grog ration. Uh, as Hacksaw once more betrays the direct orders of Captain Laristrad. Uh, uh, you shuffle off uh, in order to deliver that note to the cook. Meanwhile, uh, while Zell Nern is out scoring everyone on board an extra ration of grog, <laughs> what, the, what do the rest of you do? I was reading my cards, and I quickly close them back up. I stand up, and I say, all right, who wants to go with me? Where are you going? <laughs> well, we gotta figure out where we're going. 
I saw a glance of the map. But we need to figure out where we're going. And we also need to get our treasure back. Okay. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Of course. Um, what What did you have in mind? Well, you see, the stars told me. First off, like I said earlier, that thief is rising in the night. Which mm. I feel like is self-evident. Also, you'll notice... For, for those of us who don't <laughs> understand the cards, I mean... <laughs> this one over here. Uh, what what would what would someone like them think of that? I mean, uh, do, you, do you know what a, a thief is? A thief. I Those know, of who course. steal or burgle. Yes, but I've I know what a thief is, of course. But the card, I mean, it could mean anything, right? So for someone, you know, like. Him over there. What would <laughs> what would they interpret it Jules, as? Jules, no. Jules, like f- assumes like I've been found out. Everybody else knows what she's been talking about this whole time. <laughs> okay, I, I'm sorry. I, I, you don't have to point it out. Okay, I don't understand. What does the thief mean? Well, no, I mean it's kind of dependent, you know. But if you think about it, the captain stole from us, okay, so we need to go after that. Voices down. <laughs> from us (laughs) okay and i'm not okay with that that's not part of our destiny also here's the next thing what i drew what we need and also another additional of what we need one of which is the mercenary and that represents inner strength right and i feel like we could all use that collectively right could all use some good inner strength as we're like about to face the Nasher, as we're trying to figure out where we're going, because I'm a little sus. Um, also, the warrior came upside down, which means physical strength, but could also mean violence. So on that note, I think we should go. Okay, <laughs> Let's go well, find this map there. room. Okay, well, okay. You. I turn towards I'm... the door immediately okay. to give um, them no time to react. Jules stands up and starts to follow. Yes, Jules, could you go follow her? Make sure she doesn't get into any trouble. I'm what going are you to going go... to be doing? I'm going to talk to Tell some of the other. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but I'm also going to hear the stories of other people on the ship and see how collectively the. Uh, ranking members of the crew are feeling and perhaps we could persuade them to our side Ooh, maybe that's... see how yes yeah, see how they feel about the captain and how the leadership is being dealt with i know Siklop was stepped over as first mate perhaps she's not feeling very strongly about the leadership at the moment and perhaps would be persuaded to our side who's Siklop? Uh, Siklop is one of your fellow crew members uh mm-hmm. they are uh, not scrub watch like you they're a midshipman uh she's a human monmaji woman named nicknamed cyclop or her real name is cyclop but nicknamed uh cyclop or cyclops due to her one eye uh she was a lieutenant and the right hand woman to the former first mate who you mutinied uh and uh, she expected to be promoted to first mate but uh, uh in the former first mate's absence you have, mind you, uh, heard in this last hour, and I've heard to mention this, that the uh, captain has appointed Bradley Twinkletoes Coombe, a uh, former fifth son of Agdulin aristocracy, who set off to find his fortune and fame, so Twinkletoes, uh, uh-huh. as the new first mate. And he is responsible for crew operations and oversees all the deck lieutenants, including Siklop. Hmm. All right. 
be careful. Competition always can pick up. I mean, yes, you also be careful trying to break in and steal treasure. <laughs> fair point, fair point. I look over at Phil, and I was like, Phil, what are you doing? Um, Phil, I'm going to do some stuff once everyone leaves, but Phil's kind of like <laughs> wincing and holding his finger, and he's like, yeah, uh, you know, just give me a second. Uh, I, I might need to hang out. Well, not hang out, but I, I think I need to talk to the bosun a little bit. But you guys... Why don't y'all go ahead and I'll uh, I'll see you topside. Go see Leo again. I love the idea of you're all having this conversation. Be like, all right, let's get to it. So, Phil, what are you up to? Yeah, I lost my finger. Uh. <laughs> I got turned into a cow. Can I go home? Um, so, uh, Celeste and Rubert's rivalry sort of, or, or at least their beef that one day will need squashing, flares once more. And uh, Celeste and Jules, both interested in these uh, navigational charts and to figure out just what is the captain planning to do to get away from the Nasher, uh, they step out. And not to mention, also wanting to get the treasure back. Uh, Jules and uh, yeah, Jules and Celeste step out of the cabin. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> one of the uh, ship's cats rushes by, uh, and that's why there was a cat sound. Um, hey, because there, get out of here. There are several cats aboard ship. I think it's about seven cats in total, because uh, it's very good luck, because Melora, the goddess of the sea, loves cats, because they are temperamental like, her, like herself. They're also cute. Uh, yeah, I don't know if the meow, sea meow, cares meow. about the cuteness, but yes. <laughs> Um, so you, uh, yeah, just like the sea. Oh, actually salt water. Uh, so, uh, Jules and Celeste, you step off. Rubert, your goal was to talk to the crew, uh, specifically Cyclop and maybe some others to try and figure out, you know, what's the group mentality or like mm. the general how's, Yeah, status. how's everyone feeling about, you know, <laughs> impending doom and Maybe or nay? 50-50? Doing a poll. Like, uh, yeah, just doing a straw poll, just, you know, seeing how everyone's feeling. Rubert on the <laughs> Rubert on deck. of course. <laughs> Rubert on deck, just quick questions, you know, uh. <laughs> and uh, all right, and then Phil, you. Uh, so as everyone departs, I actually want to hear what Phil is doing before we get to these other scenes. Uh, Phil, everyone's departed. You've lost a finger. Do you go to bed? What's your uh, move? Um, Phil's gonna pull like he has a he has a like purple pouch. I'm setting this up for maybe like a bag of holding that I make with one of my creations later on. But he pulls out uh, his pouch and he has like his tinker's tools and they're in like an Altoid style, like tin box that has like a sexy mermaid on it. <laughs> nice. And, uh, he opens it up and there's like a little can in the, in it of snuff. Uh, and he, he pulls it out and he like rails a line of snuff and he's like, yeah, baby. Okay. <laughs> you, you can do this. You can do this. All right. Time to make some inventions. <laughs> and then I'm going to go look for the bosun. All right. So Phil is headed off to the bosun. Uh, Jules and Celeste are headed to the navigation room to try and see if they can take a peek at the map and then maybe see if they can't find the treasure. Uh, Rubert is headed to talk to uh, Cyclop, and uh, Zelnern is coming on his way to talk to the uh, the chef. So I want to start with uh, Ru or Celeste and Jules. Um, so Jules and Celeste, uh, you're headed up deck, and Jules, what made you want to follow Celeste? Celeste's been pretty clear about her motive, but what made you want to come and join in on this little caper? I think I need to uh, get a little more familiar with my 
surroundings, not necessarily the lay of the land given the uh, circumstances, but um, I think I'm not quite satisfied just sitting below deck and waiting to see what happens. I think getting a better idea of what's going on is going to make me feel a little more in control. And uh, also the idea of there being something extraordinary in that chest without us knowing about it is just a little too much to take. I mean, very rarely in my time as an adventurer have I gone through the effort to retrieve the treasure and then didn't actually get to enjoy the benefit of the spoils. So uh, I, I just need to know. That's fair. Uh, that would be very hard for any adventurer to uh, grab the treasure to hand it to someone else. Uh, so the two of you head out onto the main deck from the galley. Uh, you see that it's, uh, despite the um, despite the fact that twilight, uh, the sun has set and twilight is uh, domineering, or at least the sun's setting on the horizon, twilight's beginning to take over. Uh, I point out the, where the thief is on the horizon. You can see it. Tools, and I'll um, like show it, the like, constellation to him. That's rad. Uh, the uh, the ship is like main deck is a buzz with movement because of course people are rigging sails, moving them. But you very quickly realize that this is a different watch or like a this is a different sailing uh, crew than was on deck or like sailing ship that was on deck when you first went below. Normally people work like five like eight hour shifts uh, and rotate in six to eight hour shifts but it looks like the captain turned over the shift really quickly like cycled it through within two hours which means the first group probably only ran one heading and then was cycled to a new group who was told to run the next heading um but as you, so it's an oddity uh for the ship to be uh planned out that way but maybe because crew management is uh, handled by the new first mate twinkle toes uh maybe he's just bad at his job maybe he's trying some creative new managerial strategies who knows uh the po uh, point is though you uh head up uh climb the stairs to the uh for or to the quarter deck where basically there's it's two levels the first level stops uh at a point where the navigation room is um and then the uh top level uh involves the uh uh, captain's cabin and the poop deck up above there, which is where the mangonel is mounted. Um, so as you kind of reach that first tier, the where the navigation de uh, room is located, it's locked behind a set of uh, twin doors on this, uh, I guess, like deck. With uh, it's a thin railing. It's not like a broad deck. It's not huge, and it's visible to the entirety of the uh, midship. The sun is setting, so it's not like full brightness in the area. Um, but you see that standing guard, almost, which is strange to have on a ship, is uh, the captain's cabin boy, a uh, man or a boy of twelve named Amory, who serves as basically the uh, errand boy to Captain Laristrad. Uh, supposedly, he's some orphan that Laristrad found in Black Rock, uh, the home of the Black Alchemists, years ago, um, and a, kind of adopted. Uh, and you see young Amory sitting there, uh, or standing there, but looking pretty bored. Uh, but as you come nearby, he kind of snaps to attention, looking like a kid given a purpose. And he uh, stops and says, Stop right there! Captain Laristrad says no one's allowed in the navigation room. Oh. What are you doing here? I'm making sure no one goes in the navigation room. You're doing a really good job. Wouldn't you rather do something else? Isn't it kind of boring sitting here? 
Uh, roll up for a deception to see if uh, this works on the kid. It won't immediately make him leave, but I'm just trying to see if he's vulnerable to it. 17. Uh, the young 12-year-old uh, kind of looks and says, It is right boring up here. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I get to look up there, and he points up to where the old Cook Finnegan is surrounded by crows. Uh, or not crows, seagulls. Those are crows of the sea. Uh, and says, and he gets to be all way up there. And down there, they get to be working with the ropes. And all I'm doing is sitting here guarding this pointless little door. And ain't nobody even trying to come in. Yeah, that's not fair at all. You know, I mean, Amory, it- uh, we just were down in the kitchen and Crab Claws... And now, don't tell anybody about this. This is a secret just for you. But Crab Claws said that she's baking up a treat and that you might be able to get in and steal a little taste of it if you're quick. We could guard this door for you to make sure nobody gets in. Deception is uh, <laughs> manipulate this little boy. Are you guys uh, proud eight. of yourself? You good pirates yeah. now? Uh, 18. <laughs> uh, Amory smiles and says, Oh! Is it her lemon tots? I love Crab Claw's lemon tots, but Crab Claw's fingers gross me out. Oh, yeah, they're gross. They're super uh, gross. Don't tell her that. <laughs> he stops. Go on. He stops. He says, "Oh, but I really shouldn't." Larry's yeah. Captain said that if I uh, stay here, he'll more likely make me a lieutenant one day. Hmm. Honey, we promise we won't tell anybody. <laughs> Uh, he... It'll be our, I go down on the ground, so I'm like eye to eye with him, and I'm like, on the stars, it'll be our secret. Uh, he looks at you as you uh, deceive him once more. I won't tell anybody. Okay, that's true. That's a, that's a truth. You won't tell yeah. anybody you left. All right, pers- persuasion check as you uh, try to persuade this kid. He believes you that there's treats. He believes you, or you, you've opened him up to the idea of how boring and pointless his job is right now. And he believes you'll cover his watch. But does he is he willing to leave? Eighteen. <laughs> He's a twelve year old. Of course he is. You com- you convince the twelve year old to mutiny. Uh, the uh, <laughs> one uh, on our side. Young Amory <laughs> smiles and says, "Okay, but I'll be right back. Just a quick bite of it. Oh, right back. I love the lemon tart." He kind of wiggles past you all and down the deck, scampering down. But you watch as he stops. He looks up uh, and kind of hides behind a wall. With actually a decent, he got a twenty. Uh, he does an incredibly good uh, sneak job as he tucks around the corner. He looks up at the two of you and winks so that you know that he's not going to get caught uh, sneaking off to get a piece of uh, his treat. Uh, I look at Jules and I'm like, "Is is there actually lemon tarts down there? That sounds pretty good." Oh, I hope so. That sounds good to me too. <laughs> I hope he brings us some. So, new quest is, for you two is go talk to the cook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you two have convinced uh, Amory to abandon his post, leaving the uh, navigation room unguarded. Should one of us stay at the door while the other goes in? Just so it's like... Or if... and, oh, I don't want anybody to see that uh, we're here. Maybe we should both sneak in and they can just think that the kid abandoned his post. Mm, watching from the inside. Now that you stand before the uh, doors to the navigation room, uh, or like you peer inside and you see that there's no candles lit inside. There's just the last of sunlight streaming through the uh, stained glass windows of the Sturge that are smudged and dirty and green tinted. Who has green tinted stained glass? It makes it an ugly room. But uh, as you like look inside, you see that it does appear to be empty. 
Um, but when you touch the handle, to your dismay, it is locked. Which is weird, because only the uh, captain's quarters are supposed to ever be... And the treasure hold are supposed... And the armory are supposed to remain locked. Mm. I'm not particularly good at this. Uh, do you know good how to... Good at what? Do you know how to get into this? Oh, no, your group doesn't have a rogue. Does anyone in your adventuring party know how to pick locks? I oh, Phil does. Phil does. does. Okay. We need Phil. Well, um, can, let me... I can be stealthy. Let me... I, I don't know if I'm able to do this, but I try to... Uh, I try to summon my my mage hand within the area. Oh, I like that. I That's like cool. that a lot. Are you going to try and uh, do it, like, on the other side of the door? Yeah, like through the window. It says point yeah. you see within range. Because because you can see within range, because uh, there's little glass panes here, I'd say that's a super cool and valid use. I also look so. down at my deck and remind him that we're doing what we're supposed to be to cast guidance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so how do you go about conjuring a mage hand, Jules? So I think I kind of grab onto my right hand with my left one or my my right forearm with my left one and you see my my little cuts kind of not glow but just get a little more vibrant for a second and then this um i like project it outwards and it's not too flashy but just inside of the window you see this uh this hand kind of just fade into view that looks a lot like my regular hand um but a little more ghostly and then um I don't know if I can do this, but I want to try to see if I can like, like reach around and like feel around for a, just a, a lock or a door from yeah. the inside. I'll let you, you do a sleight of hand check, but it's going to be based on your charisma modifier. Cause it's, it's through your magic. You're doing this, but you can't really see the lock from here. So you're trying to like blindly get the hand to uh, mm-hmm. manipulate an object. You can't uh, see. Okay, cool. I, I got a, Oh, and that's true. Add a d4 because of Celeste having uh, portented this as guidance. Hey. Okay, I got a 16 plus... This doesn't sound like real dice rolling. No, I'm using D&D Beyond. Oh, wow. But I should Wait, are we sponsored? <laughs> I'm using B&B Beyond. B&B Beyond. <laughs> I got a 17 plus 2. Is it a 19? 19. Wow. Uh, you get the hand to manipulate the lock uh it's like a simple deadbolt type setup and it turns and like it pulls the latch and drops it and uh the door is able to swing open uh celeste you've just seen this uh eldritch magic that uh this like dark eldritch magic that jules has worked this blood magic as this hand conjures opens the door and allows the two of you to step inside i know i don't say it out loud but i'm like internally excited i'm like wow Parts of his, like, skin glows, too, like mine. If I don't say it out loud. <laughs> all right. Uh, I see you looking at me, and I'm kind of like, oh. Like, I'm you're like all insecure. about my warlock this, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, I don't usually do this in front of other people. So we're going to hop away from you two for a second. But before we do that, is, are both of you going inside? Is one of you going inside? Or uh, are neither? Um, I'll go in. I'll stay at the door just in case the kid comes back. Because he right. said he'd be quick and I'm a little... Cool. Okay. 
So we'll hop back to you two in a second. Uh, I want to hear about what uh, Phil is up to. Uh, so Phil, you've uh, you've got a plan. You oh, I've got a plan, maybe. Bosun, it sounds like it sounds like you have a bunch going on. You've set up your, uh, you, you've done your snuff in order to get ready and like hyped up to artifice, and uh, you're ready to artifice. What? Are, how are you Ooh, starting uh... this artifice? Do you want to go talk to the bosun, nicknamed Chaos? Uh, with a little pep in my step, I'm like scattering my tools about the table to like s- to assess what I have, um, and then maybe i like hustle to my bunk to like grab some miscellaneous like tinkering things and then like once i have it all on the table i realize that i'm like missing some parts and i want to go talk to the bosun all right so you go in search of cases com quasis quampataband the uh gnomish tinkerer uh that is the gnomish tinkerer woman who is the bosun of this ship uh obviously her name at quasis quampataband is hard to say for pretty much every agdulin speaker aboard and anyone that doesn't speak gnomish and in fact quasis quampataband is only a shortened version of her name uh most people can't even say quasis very well and have settled on just going with chaos so uh the bosun goes by the nickname of chaos uh this gnomish tinkerer uh you've probably you know you haven't had much time to interact with her because you've been scrub watch and this is really one of your first free times you've really gotten uh you've heard you've seen the wonders of hers around the ship uh the sturge the sturge's signature lance-like ram was uh invented by her it's wing-like catch sails that sway out to the sides of the ship uh that help with the maneuverability of the sturge and also give it the appearance of a sturge uh those were also her inventions uh she's responsible for the ship's maintenance and repairs and ordering lumber when necessary and uh yeah basically the general maintenance person of the boat um so you go looking for her and in fact it's not hard to find her she's actually out on deck uh trying to work on some damage that happened to the uh the uh, dinghy when you brought it back on board uh, since it was so rushed putting back on she's actively in the work of adding some tar and plaster to it okay yeah. um maybe i'd be like ahoy chaos hey i'm in the middle of something i need a little help i need some guidance hey hey the uh the bright spirited gnome looks up her hair is like a bright green like fresh grass in the summer uh and she looks up and it's short cropped uh but her wide blue sparkling eyes look up at you and with a bright smile uh that with a half crazed look in her eyes she says huh what are you up to are we inventing something all right i got i got two words for you baby uh glass <laughs> fishing bobbles uh, that's three <laughs> words glass do you have any glass fishing bobbles i'm gonna she, make some stuff she looks at you and says I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. We want to take the glass fishing bottles and trap tiny boats inside in order to see if we can use those to magically transport other ships into them. I've got a better idea. We're going to put (laughs) tiny boats inside the bobbles and then we're going to sell them at souvenir shops all over the Shattered Isle. I'm getting sidetracked. No, that's not what I wanted them for. Okay. She, she shakes her head and she says, I don't want to become some merchant, okay? Selling your wares is pathetic. Designing? That's the real art. She points around. Who are you, by the way? 
<laughs> now, now smuggling those things you create that's the real art and i put my hands out the same way that she does um you know me we talk about stuff all the time her it's, eyes go wide and she says oh yeah i didn't recognize you without your uh ring finger that's usually the best way to identify humans y'all like the same otherwise but ring fingers interestingly sized some are shorter some are longer it's very weird <laughs> Uh, wow, your hair is really green. I'm getting so sidetracked right now. It I'm sure sorry. is. Um, but really, I, I think I got to make like a couple lights for our boys downstairs. You know, take one of those baubles. It'll kind of reflect the light a little bit. They can see when they're they're working the bilge pump, you know, kind of help keep up speed on the boat. Uh, she kind of looks and like shakes her head side side and says, I don't know. I mean, bilge pumps kind of scrub watch work. You don't really no, want just- to for scrub watch, right? No, just trust me on the I big plans. There's more to it. More big plans. Where are you keeping them? I'm uh I'm like tapping my limping foot and wincing as I'm doing it. So I I as the DM get the sense you're trying to fast talk your way into getting some glass baubles. Is that is that correct? I'm not necessarily well, I guess I am fast talking. I'm trying to portray him like hopped up on snuff, but I guess it would be a fast talk then. He is fast talking her. Uh, yeah, so then I'm going gonna, uh, gonna to go for a persuasion anyways on this. Charisma persuasion is you're trying to get her excited about this, trying to not get her to think about what's going on, uh, just tell you where the glass baubles are. All right, 11. The gnome shakes her head and says, and like looks at you and taps the side of her nose and says, oh, you're trying to plan something sneaky. Oh, I don't know about that, but you know, it's do. always good. It's always good to have a backup plan, if you know what I'm saying. You know, you never know. She looks at that a bit curious, cocks her head, and she uh, and she like puts the uh, brush that she was painting tar onto the boat with, and says, and like stands up to her full height of nearly three feet tall, and looks up to you and says, "What do you mean a backup plan?" Well, you know, the bobble, like, what if anything happened to the ship, you might be able to float on it. You know, as you're like. Drowning and dying when the Nasher careens into us and she pillages starts, the ship. She starts laughing immediately and says, <laughs> Oh, dearie, the, the Nasher is not going to catch up to us. With these sails, we're going to outmaneuver her. And honestly, and this is true, where we're going, if the Nasher follows, then Gold Deer is the dumbest half dragon in the entire world. Trust Wait. me. What, what Laristrad's got planned. She's going to stop following us well before she could catch up. You know, I'm really dedicated to this plan, so you really got to give me a little more to work with here. You know, I'm not at ease yet. I'm still, like, tapping my foot. Uh, she shakes her head and says, Unfortunately, uh, Captain's orders can't tell anything more than that, but uh, just know it's going to work out, probably. It's going to work out, most likely. But, uh... Gold Deer is not going to be our problem. <laughs> no, no, no. Something else will probably be a much bigger problem. But Gold Deer will not be a problem. Uh, so why don't you tell me what you actually need the baubles for, and maybe we can work something out. Uh, out of character, there is, like, seriously, I just want to help the, the Scrub Watch guys below deck. Oh. <laughs> like, I wasn't trying to... <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to sell it to her with like using them as life rafts, but I really like sincerely just want to help our boys uh, below. You tell her that and confess that to her, and she looks at you perplexed and says, "Are you want to help Scrub watch that bad?" 
you know, I, I guess so. Ah. <laughs> I really don't know what to say. I thought we were somewhat equals in this venture. Um, well, you were aware she's an officer where you're yeah. garbage scrub watch. Uh, yeah. You're nothing, and she is one of the most important people on the boat. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm garbage scrub watch too, and I just got to watch out for my boys, you know? Uh, she looks at that and smiles and says, hmm, tell you what. You show me what this little, you bring one of them baubles back to me, just so I can see what little tinkering you're planning, and you got yourself a deal. I can have some brought up to you from my workshop. Done. Great. Love it. And then I, uh, I limp off back to where I have all my tools splayed out. Uh, soon enough, an errand boy comes running by with a, uh, like a pile of like six glass baubles. Uh, no, boy, I need two big ones, you know, maybe five pounds each. The bigger ones. Oh, okay. I only need two. Didn't uh, she say anything to you? They bring, that's what he brings. The boy runs back and brings two of those back. What are you planning on using these baubles for? Okay, so the first one I want to like go through my tinkering tools and let me read my thing. Um, the first one, I just want to imbue the object so that it sheds bright light, uh, five foot radius and dim light for an additional five feet. And do you guys know what I'm talking about with like the fishing bobbles that they have on like nautical mm -hmm. rope? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to make one of those that I can just basically hang from the ceiling downstairs. Super cool. Uh, I like that a lot. You're the like a second red robin. one is um, let me find it right here. Oh, the second one I was gonna use the alarm spell on. I need to see if that's a ritual. It is. Yeah, it the is. second one uh, I'm gonna use and cast the alarm spell on it. And ideally, I'm gonna like wrap it in cloth and then drop it um, down onto that little boat on that we came in on our like little schooner thing, uh, just so an alarm will go off if anyone's getting on the ship because I'm kind of using that as a backup plan if things go south so I can okay. hop on that and get out of here. And is it a mental alarm or a loud public ringy alarm? Um, I guess it would be a mental alarm because I didn't tell anyone uh, of the plan. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, that's a that's cool use. So you're making one as uh, a... Uh, using it as the kind of the focus point for alarm. And then the other one was to create, was it light? Yes. And then the one I show her is the one that sheds light. And the other one I'm going to leave down here so she doesn't see it. That's a good call. All right. Um, and uh, she is impressed by that and kind of marvels at it and says uh, that it's a cool trick you did. And we can start to use these throughout the ship uh, if you can make this permanent. Um, and she kind of asks more pointers about it and ideas. And you can tell you're winning a bit of interest and respect from uh, from chaos. Um, awesome. Meanwhile, Rubert, you've wanted to go and talk to uh, crew members. Uh, who do you go after to talk to? Um, who's in the galley? Uh, looking around, you see that there isn't many people in here. Most people are tasked with various chores. Occasionally, people come in, and uh, just like one or two other sailors, they'll come in, and Crab Claw will pass. Uh, I don't think they'll go and approach Crab Claws, and the cook will uh, hand them a biscuit or hand them like porridge, whatever's being offered to them. They'll grumble at the rations um, and uh, then return. Um, but uh, not that many people cycle in here. There's just kind of general sailors. 
All right. Well, <clears throat> I'll head out of the galley, and as I walk by Crabclaw, I'll snag a biscuit off of the tray and like give her like a, a finger gun and give her a wink. Okay, uh, good crab claws. She <laughs> ne- uh, appears to pinch at you with her uh, thumb pinky combination that she has on both hands uh, as the uh, ship's cook crab claw, uh, who, as you see, is a half-orc woman uh, that, from what you've heard, used to be one of the best sailors in the Shattered Isles until some terrible incident cost her her uh, index ring and middle finger on both hands um resulting in her becoming ship's cooks or the cooks the cook for ships despite being only mediocre uh she kind of like pinches at you with her crab claw type hand and uh says uh oh you stop it you uh you fox uh <laughs> and you can tell that she is fluttered immediately by your nicety uh <laughs> and head out to uh are you looking for Cyclops? Yes. Uh, did you happen to see where Cyclop went? Oh, Cyclop. Yeah, she's out manning the. Uh, she's out working the uh, midship and making sure knots are tied. Though she's only been on the uh, shift for near thirty minutes, but as far as I can tell, it looks like Captain Larrystrot's cycling uh, shifts every sixty minutes. I mean, sixty minutes for a ship—that's hardly enough time to get knots tied. Yes, that does seem odd. Uh, perhaps she could use some grog, though. Could I snag a mug? Nope, sorry, can't no can do. I shouldn't even let you have that biscuit. Captain's orders. Business as usual. No special meals for anyone but officers right now. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, just no special meals for anyone. <laughs> oh, fair is fair, I suppose. Uh, oh, you can't say I didn't try, huh? Well, I'll, yeah. <laughs> she smiles and she says, you'd be nothing if not the little scamp who tried, and <laughs> winks at you. Uh... As this old half orc woman with uh, four, well, two uh, pinky, two pinky fingers and a, two thumbs, uh, again tries to pinch you with her little weird hands. Oh, not this time! Uh, <laughs> too quick for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, then I'll head out and find Seagull. All right, as you pass outside, you actually walk by Zelnern, who's uh, stepping inside, oh, carrying oh. a note with some scribblings <laughs> on it. Uh, clearly intent on talking to uh, Crab Claws. Um, hey, whoa, slow down. Slow down, Zelnern. You're going a little fast. Was I? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and uh, you step out on deck, and we'll get to what happens with Zelnern there in a minute, but uh, you step out on deck, and it's not long before you find Cyclop. Uh, the Monmaji woman. Uh, she has dark skin, and her hair is a is done up in or is done in like tight dreads um, and kept out of the way. She's currently working at rigging something and has a couple of her crew members nearby. She's dressed in standard uh, sailor's clothes and uh, but like with a bit more prestige to them, as she is one of the midship lieutenants. Um, you approach, and she doesn't even cast a sidelong look at you. Um, but you quickly realize that's because she has a patch over her left eye and her peripheral vision makes it to where she's not really aware that you're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll like step forward so I'm in her peripheral view and like uh, st- like lean over the side of the ship, like looking out. Uh, she like uh, notices you there and she says, uh, Scrap Watch isn't supposed to be laying about right now. Perhaps you need to get below deck, get rowing. Oh, sorry, I was just uh, stretching my legs uh, after the bout on the island. Uh, uh, 
the doctor told us to, you know, get some rest. And but I've just been getting a little restless downstairs. No, she huff like lets out an audible huff at that and says, "Huh, give scrub watch breaks and not, and you give twink and they give twinkle toes promotion." That's their ship coming to. Yes, I uh, couldn't help but overhear that. Seems a uh, odd promotion for Twinkle does, no? He's not been a valuable member of the show. Sorry, I'm speaking out of turn. She uh, looks at you and uh, catches or sees what you're saying and kind of tells the other sailors to go work on some other knots. And then says to you, you know, might be speaking out of turn, but you're not talking to an officer, so I think it's quite okay, isn't it? And you can mm. tell that she's incredibly grumpy about not being an officer. Uh, clearly, she feels passed over and unhappy, discontented, some would say, with the uh, captain's choices. Yes, I I don't believe it is what the first mate would have wanted. She uh, uh, She thought very fondly of you. I need a deception as you talk about the first mate that you betrayed and murdered to her best friend. Oh my god. Uh, how many is my inspiration? <laughs> See if you can beat her 15. Uh, that one's cocked. Yeah, just keep saying cocked until you get what you want. 16? Uh, just barely. Uh, she looks at you trying to read you and she says... It is terrible that she passed. Though I find it remarkable that she died saving you all. She always told me that scrub watch are garbage that aren't even worth the food we give them. The fact that she would change her mind in the last minute shows just how good of a woman she truly (laughs) was to the end. (sighs) It just seemed like instinct in the moment, to be honest. If only her body had been laid... All right, it's only it's the greatest pleasure that her body was not laid to rest at sea without a proper burial, so that the deep cannot claim her, nor the rotting king. So she is dead on land. Did you bury her proper? Ah, uh, we did, of course, uh, with the rights of Malor and the sea in mind, of course. Uh, she doesn't even seem to question you, even though it's a bold-faced lie. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, then says, all right, she seems too caught up in immediately jumping to, but you're right. Twinkletoes is first mate. He's got us working these rotating shifts on the hour. It takes at least four to get the sails properly running. At this rate, we're going to have no clue. You, you get a new shift on, and we have no idea what the previous heading was. Mm-hmm. No one, you, can, you can't find a single sailor on board who can figure out the pattern of heading we've been going so far. <laughs> Honestly, it's like Larestrad and Twinkletoes are trying to hide where we're going from us. Yes, it seems they. It seems intentional the way you make it sound. But, and I mean, his own his promotion in general seems suspect. I mean, he is, from what I've heard, son of aristocracy. No, perhaps he has a deal with the captain of some sort. She looks at you and nods and says. That's just my belief. You see, I'm wondering if uh, I'm wondering if the captain isn't plotting a bit of an escape plan to get himself out of this mess. Right now, he has us sailing, uh, or he has us sailing north. At least based on where we were earlier today, north should put us right near Melora's Vale. That's 
that's Agdulin land. That's full of Tarothi patrols, Imperial patrols. I've got half a belief Laristrad's planning on leading us right into an Imperial Navy to have us and trade us all for the bounties to get himself off scot-free. That's why he made Twinkle Toes, huh? What do you think? He is a despicable pirate that is going completely against the cord. He swore it himself, and he's betraying it in the same stroke. Uh, Cyclop looks at you and smiles, and she says, So you hate Lerestrad as well? I mean, if it's not obvious, yes. <laughs> How would you feel about a new captain aboard this ship? Uh, I mean, I am all on board. No pun intended. Well, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> she smiles and says, I've been talking to a few uh, fellow people that aren't so satisfied with Laristrad's secrecy. If you can find out what Laristrad's doing, what he's plotting on doing, that can give me enough reason to compel everyone else that I've been talking to to seize the armory and get a mutiny in full swing. We could have me as captain within the hour. Number oh. two. Or sorry, within the evening, not within the hour. Within the by, evening. By morning before the Nashur is upon us, we could have me as captain. We could hand Laristrad over to Goldier, Captain Goldier, him and that cursed treasure he took. And the rest of us can take everything else in the hold and uh, spend it all in uh, in Port Pestilence. Yes, and me and some of and wait, I'm sorry. Did you when you said cursed? Did was that metaphorical or was that? It's like a cursed, not not actually cursed. I have no idea. Oh, cursed. Oh God, jeez. Oh, you. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. So what do you say, uh, Rubert? Was it? You Rubert want to help? Grayson, yes, you may you be familiar help? with my father. I'm I'm not, but do you want to help make a new uh, a new captain? One that Melora might like more. After all, the only Melora loves women, her own kind, more than she loves men. And Captain Goldier's a woman. The Nasher's got Melora's favor. We make me captain. We've got Melora's favor as well. Aye. I do like the sound of that. I do uh, also know a few associates on board, some members of Scrubwatch that would also be inclined with a... Uh, some new leadership on board. All right. Um, so do you agree oh. to uh, Cyclops' plan to uh, try... So she seems to have separately been organizing a mutiny mm -hmm. in what will rapidly turn out to be a, uh, a an adventure purely of mutinies. Uh, <laughs> and your adventure party might just be called the Mutineers. Uh, <laughs> you... Uh, uh, you've discovered that you are not the only ones digging, brewing up a mutiny. Apparently, Cyclop has already organized many people under her, and considering as a midshipwoman uh, or midshipman, she's got a bit of leadership structure already. Uh, her claim to power might be stronger than one offered by Scrubwatch. Mm -hmm. uh, however, that would mean this woman as captain, none of you as captain. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, stepping stones. I, I do want to try also uh, for. You know, for help in this, um, perhaps uh, the members of Scrub Watch that help in this, my associates, we uh, maybe not have to do Scrub Watch anymore. Hmm? She smiles hmm. and says, you find out what Lerestrad's planning, I'll make you officers. 
Oh, I will take it uh, straight away, and um, yes, I'll find out what I can, and lieutenant, I'll be back to you as soon as I find out anything. Maybe lieutenant. It depends on which officers side with Larestra than have to be gangplanked. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, yes, we'll we'll see how many of those walk. <laughs> um, so, uh, Cyclop is so you agree to uh, Cyclop's uh, planned mutiny to help her find out what's uh, Laristrad, what Laristrad is planning in exchange for uh, becoming, or so that she can use that to rally the people to mutiny, so that you can uh, then become officers. And uh, supposedly, her plan is to hand over Laristrad to the Nasher as a parlay. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, uh, with that in mind, uh, let's hop over to... Uh, I want to hit Zelnern. Zelnern, you passed Ruber as he went out there to talk to Cyclop, uh, and you've returned to the cook. Uh, and uh, as you return to the cook, um, you find Crabclaw uh, actively kneading dough. And as uh, she's actively kneading dough, you approach her with your note, uh, and you tell her that... Uh, how, how do you go about telling her that uh, Hacksaw said everyone can have another grog ration. Hello, for medical reasons. Uh, she turns and says, Oh, there you are, dearie. I thought you had run off when the others did. I don't think you had, you uh, uh, are feeling, or sorry, I don't think you ate your entire meal earlier. It was just sitting out there when you left. You eat it so slowly, after all. I do. M- mindfully eating. <laughs> Yes, I've seen that, how you take a swallow of water after every bite. (laughs) Anyways, I better get to what I came to you to talk about. (laughs) Hacksaw just met with the captain, and they gave me this note to bring to you. Hacksaw would really really appreciate your help in this. He says you have some authority. Oh my god, out with it. Out with it, dearie. I've got many roles to make. I like your expertise. (laughs) This note says from him and the captain (laughs) that we should give everyone an extra serving or two of grog to get their nerves down, to really get through this hard time. Uh, she kind of shakes her head and says, oh, oh, captain's orders directly. I'm not supposed to give anyone extra grog. Normal Read shares. She looks at it and she says, oh, well, that's much like Hacksaw. After the captain ordered a, a fool's feast for every uh, for the officers, Makes sense he'd be willing to give some to everybody else. Um, and you've heard just heard her use the phrase fool's feast, a uh, sailor word here in the Shatter's, uh, Shattered Isles, uh, known to be a celebratory feast that people take before they try something particularly foolish or otherwise self-harmful. Uh, it's said to be an offering to uh, uh, to the, the gods of the sea, to the storm god, and to Melora, uh, that if you eat this great fool's feast, uh, you're acknowledging your own hum- uh, hubris, and in so doing, they might honor you with not dying in it. Um, so she's just referenced that apparently the captain ordered a fool's feast for the captain and the rest of the officers. Uh, but she says that... Uh, 
Okay, I'll I'll make sure it happens. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the the captain thought this would be a good idea since he can't get more of his special tincture that he needs to talk to everyone with. The captain has a special tincture. Oh yeah. Do tell, dearie, and you realize that uh, that uh, Crabclaw is a huge gossip. Oh yeah. So she, uh... <laughs> I'm intentionally spreading gossip because I know it will increase um, the likelihood of him getting displaced. So, um, all right. So, and I know that people will take uh, what Zelnern says as pretty genuine because he doesn't seem like on a surface level to be very savvy with it, but he listens and he contemplates, he takes his time with the information and he, he uses so, it accordingly. I like it. Okay, so Zelner, you have effectively just uh, done two things. By bringing this word to uh, the biggest gossip on the ship, who's not technically an officer, but who does talk to every single crew member, the ship's cook, uh, you've effectively disseminated the gossip that the captain is sick or ailing in some way uh, and needs a special tincture. You've also secured grog for everyone by order of Hacksaw, or permission of Hacksaw, but everyone will know that it came from you. So in so doing, you boosted the crew's loyalty to yourself and lowered the crew's loyalty to uh, Captain Laristrad. Yeah, no, I I know what I'm doing. MVP. (laughs) My my next next destination is to the captain to talk about that open first mate position. (laughs) No, it's already been filled. (laughs) <laughs> all right uh so you start heading up to the poop deck to speak with uh with captain laristrad um who is actively watching the approaching goldier or that approaching nasher so you head up there um but as you go a little boy runs in past you and almost bumps into you before going <sighs> i hear there was lemon cakes Slow and steady. Out of my way, Sloby. He shoves past you and uh, off my towards uh, and uh, disappears into like the small kitchenette where you quickly hear uh, you quickly hear uh, Crabclaw saying, Oh, hey, out with you! Out with you, you little scamp! And I'm saying, I just wanted a lemon tart. I'm not making lemon tarts. It's a. Uh, it's standard rations for everyone. Are you an officer, boy? Then no fool's feast for you. Out, out! Uh, and you see the boy come skulking out, looking really mopey and sad. Uh, Celeste, uh, uh, you are keeping watch. As you've seen Rubert step out um, and head off uh, to go talk to Cyclops. And in fact, while you're keeping watch, you can see Rubert speaking with Cyclops. Uh, or sorry, Cyclops. And uh, you know, you've seen Zelnern disappear inside. Jules has just stepped into the navigation room, and you can hear Captain Laristrad's heels clicking up above on the poop deck uh, as he uh, grumbles to the quartermaster, maybe 15, 10, 15 feet above you. Um, can I hear anything he's saying? Uh, he seems to be just saying, uh, like talking about distances between the two boats while the quartermaster uh, takes notes. It seems they're just charting how fast is the Nasher gaining. And it is dark, or getting full dark now, so it's hard for them to see. But both ships have lanterns glowing on them to allow people to see. Hmm, uh, Kid was right. This is a solid spot. 
meanwhile, uh, Jules, you've stepped inside into the into the navigation room. Here, you see that uh, there is a large table in the center with a great map of the Shattered Isles rolled out before it. Uh, as with most maps of the Shattered Isles, it's mostly just a map of the sea with various circles drawn that said uh, Ancien Chapelle or says uh, Channel of Drowned Honor or... God, what else does it say? Uh, the Vents, Merfolk Islands, The Ashen Waste, Agdulin Coast, The Mist Shroud, slash Melora's Vale, Coastal Waters. Uh, and you see various things named in there. You see a spot uh, called the Doldrums, an area that you've heard of that's a compl- an area, a massive portion of water that splits the Agdulin waters from the Ancien Chapelle, uh, kind of splits them in tween, or, uh, away from each other because the, this area is completely windless and completely currentless, uh, meaning the only way through it is to row. However, it's said at the very heart of it is a moat of land that hovers in the air called the Heart of Melora that's said to be the actual heart of the goddess of, of nature and the sea floating there in the air. Uh, it is considered a sacred place and that if you were to ever touch it, you would be able to connect directly with God, but it's 200 feet in the air in a place where no ship can sail because the there's no wind or current. And it's said that because the storm god holds her heart so tightly, he refuses to blow. Um, but as you uh, so as you see the doldrums there on the map, um, there's a lot of like pencilings around that. It seems that uh, Laristrada, the quartermaster, of an infatuation with the doldrums. Um, but looking around, you see that there's this there's like this main map, and then there's a bunch of charts laid out over it, just piles of charts um, and various like tools and car- uh, navigators tools and like cartography tools spread out, various lines drawn, like um, what's that thing in math called? Like uh, the compass? The stabby a, thing. It's like a, a stabby thing. And then it's a compass. Yeah, a compass and a protractor and stuff like that. There's tools like that that no American public school student knows how to use. Um, I love those. <laughs> yeah, but you're private school, so like... <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so you see all these tools spread out. Um, and uh, how do you do you know how anything about cartographers' tools, Jules? I'm I not do. particularly familiar. Uh, I, might, I am. Yeah, I'll I'll poke my head out the door, and say, Celeste. Uh, yeah. I, I just realized I have no idea how to read any of these maps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's switch. But if the kid comes back, gotta convince him that. The captain's against him because he like made him watch a locked door, and that's super lame. Okay, deal. Sounds good. Cyber. Yes. We switch spots real quick. <laughs> All right, <laughs> the two of you switch spots, and Celeste, you step inside. And unlike to Jules, these maps make sense. You look down, and you're like, okay, cool. So this is a charting move here. They're planning on heading, taking this arc. This is our heading here. That's what these degree measurements are. And I don't know anything about headings, so like this is the best I can give. But as you uh, <laughs> as you look at them, I'm gonna need you to make an intelligent intelligence uh cartographer's tools check so intelligence modifier plus your uh proficiency because you're proficient in cartographer's tools just look at the star on the map that says you are here (laughs) well yeah but you're not around to give sass so (laughs) do i have inspiration by chance do you (laughs) 
trying can to I... remember. Are you asking for a free reroll? Can I, I give her one of mine? Yes, you can hand her one of yours. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, okay. Thank God. I got 14. Uh, so you start trying to interpret the maps, and it's actually really difficult. These are poorly charted waters, uh, which in itself is a clue. It tells you that you are headed into areas that aren't like proper Agdulin waters, that's likely not the Ancienne Chapelle, as the Ancienne Chapelle is well charted. Uh, it's not Agdulin waters, as those are the Empire has been making fierce notation of those maps. That puts you somewhere uh, in the western portion of the Shattered Isles, off near the Vents, uh, which is a ring of volcanic uh, mountainous islands that jut up and surround a sea uh, that's so sulfur uh, sulfuric that many boats can't even float on it. Uh, it's the, it puts you out past the areas uh, along the channel of drowned honor, uh, leading out by a where a massive undead coral reef uh, waits beneath the waves. That's right, an undead coral reef. They didn't just kill the coral reef; they killed it and necromanced it. <laughs> uh, and uh, you find that even uh, like it's out in so it's in the area with the channel of drowned honor with this undead coral reef. It's in the area with the vents. Uh, it's in the area with the uh, kind of near where Murph, what's like at the edge of the Murfolk Islands are in this area. And uh, worse though, it's out past an area where it said uh, is the strange land of the black alchemists a bit of rock that was thrown up from basically like pumice stone that was hurled up from the ocean's depth like uh, years ago after the everstorm had receded just rock hurled up from the ground that formed into a strange island of black rock black ocean floor that now sits at the top of the sea this place, this Black Rock, as it's called, uh, has been made the home of the uh, Black Alchemists, a guild of dark alchemists who don't want to be uh, ruled by anyone, uh, who practice uh, free science, as they call it, and free invention. But that often involves the uh, distillation of humans and the testing of people or of medicines on people and alchemical treatments on people it's from the black alchemists that all poisons in the shattered isles are derived but it's also known that they make their home here in black rock in the uh, town or the port city of they call it pestilent like mortar and pestle but most people know it as pestilence port pestilence or port pestilent um and uh it's out in that direction that you are sailing, not towards the vents, as some might think, not into the channel of drowned honor, but out towards Blackrock. But as you look at the notations, it's not even Blackrock where you mean to sail, or they intend to sail. It's beyond Blackrock, out towards a place that on the map, it simply reads, here there be monsters, a place called the Weird Kelp. I don't like that. Um, do I have any... Um, I guess I make a notation of it, and I start writing things down, and I look around the room to see if there's any other indicators of, like, mappings or, like, notes of, like, where things were, like, possibly like, where the treasure was hidden or just... <laughs> uh, well, you heard or, them... like, where we could be going. 
You heard like them right say now. that. You heard them saying that the treasure, uh, he, the captain ordered the treasure to be taken into his quarters. Oh yeah. Uh, which is deck below you right now. Okay. Uh, but uh, as you're kind of starting to write this down as quickly as you can, to copy as many things as you can, namely that uh, you are headed into uncharted waters, into the weird kelp, into the place marked here there be monsters, which in yeah, a I'm D&D like... world is much more uh, literal sentence. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> as you write, start scribbling that down on like a piece of paper you found in there. I'm uh, to like copy the map real quick in like a really like ugly kind of way. Nice. That just kind uh, of you hear uh, the f- sound of feet thudding on the boards outside, and then young Amory's voice speaking up, saying, There weren't no lemon tarts! And now we cut to Jules. Outside, Jules, uh, you've stepped outside, and uh, Celeste has gone in to read the maps, when not long after, like you see Rubert like, nod and clearly getting along with uh, Cyclop. Uh, and he like you know turns towards you, and you see that, like, uh, it's like... Uh, Jewel, or Rubert, you've like finished your conversation with Cyclop, and you see Jules sitting up on deck. Do you acknowledge Jules in any way, uh, or do you hide this your plot from him? No, I tap my nose knowingly, but I also see young Amory, and I'll walk up towards them. All right, so Jules and uh, Rubert. Um, Jules, you kind of stop the kid as he comes almost barreling into you, and Rubert is following close behind. Um, as young Amory speaks out, there's no, there's no tarts at all out there. She said she's just doing normal rations. There's no. I I look back from uh, Rubert. There's no tarts. I'm oh, I'm so disappointed. I was really looking forward to those. Rubert. Oh, I- <laughs> do you follow this at all um no it seems she botched the recipe she did have this extra biscuit though and i give it to emory <laughs> i'll let uh one of you make a deception check with advantage whoever's uh higher uh, you're both charisma based people i'll go for how it. about you both roll it. one and whoever gets higher gets the hey, score split advantage yeah. innovative mechanics uh, yeah I'm basically a developer I got a 10, too. That's cute. (laughs) Um, Well, fortunately for you, Amory is 12, so, you know, his insight's not high. Uh, (laughs) The boy looks up as you offer the the biscuit. He says, I hate biscuits. He takes it anyways and starts kind of sucking on it. (laughs) When he he goes to grab it, I'll pull it away really quick. Have you been working on those knife tricks I taught you? Uh, he looks and says, I have! Watch, let me show you. Uh, he, like, uh, grabs for one of your daggers. Do you let the boy take one of your daggers? Knowing that Phil just cut his finger off, like, a few <laughs> words ago. Yeah, I'll pull one off my bandolier. <laughs> and, I'll, like... <laughs> and then I'll, like, flip it down my fingers and then hand it to him, handle side down. Alright, uh, he grabs it and, like, tries to show you as he can like try to roll it along his fingers uh to try and like i don't know do some roll thing he's not good at it uh and i got a 13 on his dexterity performance so he doesn't hurt himself but Mm -hmm. it's you know it's sloppy still he doesn't really know what he's doing but he tries to show off jules you kind of take a step back so you don't get cut (laughs) uh actually oh wait would jules care yeah actually i uh i want to use i want to kind of like 
yank a finger back and and with mage hand kind of like tip the knife over so it comes towards me and like it pokes into me or slices me somehow is that can i try to do that yeah so you intentionally get yourself cut um i'll just let it happen i don't need you to roll to cut yourself because that's not a mechanic i want ingrained (laughs) okay and then i i make a show of it and i'm like oh my god oh god and I and obviously I'm covered in cuts all over, so this doesn't make Marie, sense. Avery drops the blade, terrified. Uh, oh my god! Avery, can you take me to? Uh, can you take me to Leo? I think I need to see the doctor. Amory looks up, shocked. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. As you traumatize this young boy, uh, it's right. He's he'll an be, orphan. He's and he, fine. And he's going to be murdered by orcs come morning, anyways. Yeah. Um, no, I'll protect this boy. Uh, Amory uh, quickly rushes on. It's like, I'm so sorry. Oh, God. Uh, as he tries to lead you down the deck to uh, the infirmary. Uh, Ruber, you've just been ditched. And I'll, as, as I walk away from Ruber, I'll uh, give a tap on the nose back to Ruber. Nice. Well done, Jules. Uh, <laughs> Jules, you head down to the infirmary for your cut. Uh, Ruber, that leaves you kind of looking into the navigation room where you see Celeste is in there writing everything down. A perfect opportunity for you to push the beef harder or to quash it. Uh, yeah, I'll pick up the dagger off the ground and put it into my bandolier. Then I'll step into the room and like close it behind me. Oh my god, what? <laughs> uh, Celeste, you turn to see Ruber has entered the room. I jump a little because that is not Jules. <laughs> I'm like, what? What are you doing here? He's distracting uh, Amory. What have you found? Did he find lemon tarts? Because I actually really wanted the lemon tarts. <laughs> no, he didn't. He there were no lemon tarts. But oh, I gave, well, that's, I gave him a gave him a biscuit really, to tide oh, him over. A biscuit? Ew! I hate biscuits. <laughs> I think that's really disappointing. Actually, Ugh. I think Jules knows presentation. I think Jules knows prestidigitation. I oh, think he so can he make can... it taste like a lemon tart. Uh, well, I hope he remembers that. <laughs> hope he did that for the kid. He did a lot for us. Uh, yeah, it seems so. But uh, what what have you found? Uh, well, it's not good. Uh, they're trying to take us to do. You, well, what do you know about the weird kelp? Now, what do you know about the weird kelp, Rubert? You are aware of the story that you're uh, the story Mm-mm. that was told to you when you came, or by the when your father's ship sank. It was ra- they were attempting to uh, pirate a merchant ship owned or being they were shipping goods out of Port Pestilent or Port Pestilence. And as you tried to, uh, or they were trying to do that, um, and that's the mission, or the the pirate quest that they never returned from. That uh, So it was out there past Black Rock, out near the weird kelp. And you recall the ravings of the man who came back, the only crew member who came back, as he told you. And suddenly I saw it. With only a slight churning to mark its rise to the surface, the thing slid into view above the dark waters. Vast, polyphemous and like and loathsome, it darted like a stupendous monster of nightmares to the ship, about which it flung its gigantic scaly arms, and while it bowed its hideous head and gave vent to certain measured sounds, I think he went mad then. 
you recall the sailor finishing his tale of the adventure in that way, speaking unclear, un unassuredly about what he saw out in those waters, out there in the weird kelp. I say, like, I say those exact words, like, under my breath, like, out, like, as as she says the weird kelp. So, so <clears throat> you know about it. Oh, yes, I'm, it. I, I've heard stories, yes. Uh, that sounds like more than a story. That's a lot to unpack. Are um, you familiar? Have you been there? I personally have not, but um, we should not go there. It would be certain doom. There's, there's something we agree on. In part of the ship, Phil ponders on the thoughts of, or what, of what the bosun said, of what Chaos said. Uh, we are fools for going there, but Goldir would have to be the dumbest captain in the seas to follow. What's up, Chaotic Normies? It's me, Ryan, who plays your favorite bard, Rupert Grace, and just wanted to hear at the end of the episode, once again, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, feel free to check out our social medias at Chaotic Norm Pod on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, which has been doing surprisingly well. You can send any uh, questions or comments to chaoticnormal at gmail.com. Um, yeah, rate and review us on iTunes, and yeah, I think that's about it. Stay tuned next week for, uh, another thrilling episode of what the, uh, Scrub Watch of the Crew gets up to, and who they interact with, and how they manage to screw it up. But, um, yeah, until then, I'll, uh, talk to you next week. Um, have a great week. Bye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.